Hey guys, welcome back to the show and thank you so much for tuning in. Today we are going to be talking about how Reddit's largest women's forum has become a hotbed of leftist politics, much like Reddit as a whole actually. Then, the far left is now openly promoting looting and violence. That's not, that's not a question, nor is that up for debate. That is just, that is how things are happening right now. So first off, if you've seen the show before, or if you're at all familiar with me, you've probably figured out that I am a girl's girl. And what I mean by that is not to gatekeep anyone else's preferences. I mean, no matter what your sex is, you can like whatever you want. But personally, I find that the interests and hobbies that I have are things that tend to appeal mostly to women. Things like baking, cooking, makeup. Uh, I recently ordered a kit online to do my nails at home, which I'm really interested in. I also, and I'm not proud of this, um, like gossip. I'm, I'm kind of nosy when it comes to people's personal relationships. If there is a celebrity breakup, odds are I have some opinion or another on the situation. That's just who I am. I'm a girly girl. I like girl talk, girly things, but I am also a conservative. And as someone who is both conservative and a woman, what I find annoying is that anytime a industry or profession, sphere, forum, you name it, is dominated by women, inevitably, it becomes overrun by leftist politics, which is so frustrating because A, not everything needs to be about politics, right? I mean, why can't we just talk about makeup for once? And B, even if politics does come up, why, just because we're women, must we default to the assumption that the left-wing position is the correct one? I don't appreciate that. And there is no better example of what I'm talking about than the subreddit 2x chromosomes. So today we're gonna be looking at some posts to really illustrate for you guys what I mean. So 2x chromosomes is a subreddit or forum that is dedicated to pretty much anything and everything having to do with being a woman. Things that women have gone through, things that affect women, things that women are interested in. It's quite open-ended as to the types of posts that it accepts, but if you've ever been on there, you'll know that it essentially has become a de facto feminist forum. And we see this all the time nowadays. Anything having to do with women gets treated as a synonym for cr feminist cry time, which is so, so annoying because no, not all women are feminists and conservative women or heck, even just women who don't want to talk about politics, they deserve a place to go to discuss lady things where they won't have Marxist feminist propaganda shoved down their throats. That place is not 2x chromosomes, apparently. Here we have a quick About Us page that was put together by the mods that I think does a good job of painting the type of place the site is. It says, Welcome to 2x chromosomes, a subreddit for both serious and silly content and intended for women's perspectives. We are a welcoming subreddit and support the rights of all genders. At face value, I don't have any problem with that. I think just because it is a women's forum, that doesn't mean men shouldn't be allowed to read or participate in the content there. I think, you know, consume whatever content you want. That's fine. But it becomes clear very quickly that it's not so much gender equality as it is gender ideology that is 
driving this type of open inclusive language on behalf of the mods. Here's what I mean. There's a question asking, do I have to be a woman to participate in this community? To which the mods answer, no. Any user who can follow the rules is welcome here. Women, men, non-binary, agender, genderqueer, cis folks, and trans folks, everybody. If you're not on board with that, you can F right off. And they finish the section by saying trans women are women, TERFs, again, can F right off. Just right there. By their use of terms like non-binary, agender, genderqueer, and TERFs, I can already ascertain what their political bent is and newsflash, it is different from mine. And you know what? That doesn't necessarily have to be a problem as long as rules on the site are enforced equally. But even if we just look through the type of posts that there are on this forum, it's, it's super obvious that this is a place for feminists to discuss feminism. And anyone who's maybe not open to feminism is not going to be treated warmly and with a welcoming spirit. Here we have this post saying, Hi, I just need to rant because I feel like I'm going to throw up otherwise. I'm a survivor and I never got help and I never went to the authorities. I am so sick of people bringing up false rape accusations anytime somebody mentions their story. I'm sick of that being something that's appropriate to bring up whenever a survivor tells their story. People like that talk about lives being ruined. What about our lives? Why is that necessary to bring up when somebody is talking about their story. I'm so effing exhausted. Personally, when someone is sharing their own experience of sexual assault, especially when they're not naming any names of perpetrators, I very rarely see someone bring up, well, what about false accusations, right? Because the person in question isn't making an accusation, they're sharing an experience without levying any accusations. So, I, I don't know if the situation the person is describing is one that happens all too often, but now, let me, let me just paint you a picture. Someone goes on this post and says, well, I'm not sure that happens a lot. Or, well, considering the current climate surrounding me too, maybe the conversation surrounding false accusations has a place. Do you think that those would be posts that would be met with a positive reception? Probably not. Right? And honestly, this is the type of environment that so many female-dominated spaces cultivate. It's a very toxic one. And right here, we have someone who commented on the post saying, they don't actually care about the victims of false rape accusations. They only care that it provides some justification to disbelieve women and to fight against things like the Me Too movement, Title IX, and so on. To which the original poster said, yes, exactly. Like, just say you hate women and move on. This type of woman does not represent all women. And it really bothers me that they can openly promote this left-wing view in women's spaces and face no pushback. Whereas if a conservative woman were to post something even remotely conservative, they would be attacked. It's just, it's not, it's not fair. And honestly, feminists like to talk a lot about how toxic men are and how they make toxic environments Women are mean, all right? And any conservative woman who's ever brought up conservative views among a group of female friends knows exactly what I'm talking about. But we have another post here. This one says, my boyfriend is adding to my body issues. Background, I am chubby with PCOS and the doctor's recommendation to lose some weight and body fat to reduce my symptoms. Unfortunately, I also do not like my body and have low self-esteem and confidence. Maybe your self-esteem and confidence would be higher if you were to work on your actual health and things like that, but besides the point. This person says, my boyfriend and I have been dating for the last one and a half years and all in all, our relationship has been pretty good. But at a certain stage, 
stage, he started giving me more pressure to lose weight. He'd repeatedly bring up the topic, send me influencer profiles of hot women who are in incredible shape. He even cropped my face onto one of their bodies to give me extra motivation. Couple months later, I got officially diagnosed with PCOS and was given the recommendation to lose some weight. This has motivated me to lose weight and he has been supportive. However, he has been slightly shaming whenever I eat high sugar food and still makes comments of other women like hot actresses being every man's dream and how he'd easily swap his life for the life of a man surrounded by attractive women. On one occasion, he showed me a show making legitimate reasons to lose weight for health reasons, hoping I would get the hint. Now hearing that story as someone who is is not a big fan of the body acceptance or body positivity movement. Honestly, I think that this boyfriend's biggest fault here is not necessarily that he wants his girlfriend to lose weight, which the doctor agrees she should do, is that he's spending too much time comparing her to other women and giving her the idea that he's interested in these other women. That I think is the biggest no-no that he's doing. Reading the comments though, Apparently, I'm in the minority with that position. Uh, so many people think that it's a toxic thing to want to encourage your girlfriend to lose weight. Again, like the doctor also agrees that she should do. And we have this comment here. This person says, it's really easy to tell you to just dump him. But in this case, that's solid advice. Do you really want to be with someone who doesn't love you for who you are? Who doesn't love your body when it's small and large? What if you can't lose weight? What if you get pregnant one day, get ill, etc., and gain weight? It's hard to imagine that someone loves you if they can't accept your body. In the meantime, considering consider finding a doctor who gives better advice. I can't imagine it's easy to lose weight with a hormone imbalance. What? Like, who says her boyfriend, who again, I'm still not necessarily defending, doesn't love her just because you want your partner to lose weight, which again, so does the doctor. That, that doesn't mean that you don't accept them for who they are. What? So if you're with someone, they're supposed to be equally happy and satisfied whether you're 100 or 400 pounds? Says, says who? It's just, can you imagine though what someone who's saying what I'm saying, the type of reaction they would get if they did it on this site? Not, not a positive one. I doubt it would be such a open and welcoming community then. And here we have probably the bi the biggest example of toxic femininity. This person says, I'm so sick of being a woman. I haven't felt this depressed in a long time. I am so, so tired of the constant sexism. I don't even leave my house, but everywhere I go online, sexism. Chris Delia has 30 young women accuse him of predator behavior. Get ready for the barrage of men coming in with where is the proof and having sex with a 16 year old isn't pedophilia, so big deal. A celebrity like Danny Masterson is actually charged with three different violent rapes? Oh, well then, it's innocent and they'll proven guilty. Wait until he's been charged to cancel him. So, so what, just because you say innocent until proven guilty, that means you're a sexist? What, do, do women not like the presumption of innocence and due process? Huh? But, but it gets worse. She says, this week, the man who sexually assaulted me actually retweeted a tweet about self-defense for women and said, it's so sad we have to remind the women in our lives this. <laughs> Look, Obviously, it's terrible that this person was sexually assaulted, but trying to apply that to the world in general is just, that's not fair to all the men out there who would never even imagine sexually assaulting a woman. And she continues, 
And these predators are just allowed to do this. No, they're not. Like, these things are illegal. That's why the law is getting involved. You just, you have to let someone know, but it's illegal. She finishes off by saying, so far my post has only addressed the blatant sexual assault that always feels like a possibility for women. I haven't talked about bias and harassment in the workplace or the way male teachers talk down to you in school in a way they don't with your peers or the cat calls or the subtle sexism like insisting you should smile when you hand them your coffee. It's constant. It's everywhere. I can't escape my sex for one effing day. And this thing, sexism, that affects every aspect of my life has totally shaped how I walk through the world. Some men won't even acknowledge that it exists. This person obviously has a lot of issues, which sound to me not really like sexism problems, but more like mental health adjustment problems. Do you think anyone in that comment section was trying to give her a different perspective to maybe change the type of media she consumes. I mean, obviously, if you're only following feminist sources, every single story, news story you see is going to be about how women have it so poorly. Do you think there was any type of pushback to the points being made in this post on, on, on the forum? Of course not. And that is what we see all the time. I mean, we've done segments about Teen Vogue. Technically, Teen Vogue should just be a run-of-the-mill a teen Girls magazine, but it ends up being literal Marxist propaganda. And I'm, I'm kind of sick of it, frankly, right? I'm a woman and I'm conservative and I am perfectly fine with both aspects of my identity. And I hate these people who try to turn anything to do with our gender into some political statement because it doesn't need to be that way. And I just, no. I don't have to be a feminist just because I'm a woman. Let me have a place where I can talk about makeup without having to hear about things like rape culture and body positivity, because honestly, I'm, I'm done with it. Next up, let's talk about how the far left is once more promoting, condoning, and excusing violence and theft as long as it helps them achieve their political goals. Now, unless you've been living under a rock, you've no doubt heard about the ongoing riots that resulted from George Floyd's death. And as someone who is on the right, I have no problem, zero issue, condemning right-wing violence when and if it does happen, right? Because I'm not a violent person. I don't support extremism. I don't feel any need to try to justify or excuse it when it happens because it's not justifiable and it's not excusable. That, apparently, is an opinion that a lot of people on the left don't seem to share. When it comes to the violence that we've been seeing from the ongoing riots or even just Antifa's actions in general, what we mainly see from even the mainstream left is just pretending that it doesn't exist or excusing it. And actually recently we saw this post from Slate about the ongoing protests, more like riots, saying nonviolence is an important tool for protests, but so is violence. Uh, what? You're, you're, so you're justifying violence here. And actually, a lot of people, myself included, pointed out when we saw that tweet, hey, isn't glorifying violence, which that post arguably does, against Twitter's terms of service? And of course it is, but uh, Twitter doesn't care. That post is still up and available. But as bad as that was, I actually recently came across a video from Al Jazeera Plus funded, at least in part by the Qatari government, by the way. Um, yeah, we're just really condoning, promoting, excusing violence as long as it's done with support for left-wing causes. I'm no fan of Al Jazeera Plus, and I think when we're watching this video together, it's important to remember that this type of action would never be uh, tolerated in Qatar, which funds this type of content for the West. I do believe that this is meant to subvert Western societies with, I mean, malicious intent, but... 
I mean, the left wing seems to eat it up, so we're gonna be looking at it. When protests are framed as violent, it gives people who may have had no interest in the issue being protested in the first place an excuse to discuss the morality of the protesters, to deem them bad actors unwilling to negotiate in good faith. The idea that the ends justify the means is something that we see more and more among the left nowadays. And actually, I mean, even with this, essentially this guy seems to be arguing that unless you care and support Black Lives Matter, then you don't really have any place to be critiquing the methods and conduct of its activists, which is absolute bullcrap, right? I can oppose the death of George Floyd, but still oppose violence, murder, and looting, all of which has happened in these riots. Uh, as a Christian, for example, it doesn't make me any less Christian to say, hey, maybe we shouldn't be, I don't know, burning science textbooks or something like that. The means matter. If, if they don't, then you're pretty much opening yourself up to extreme utilitari utilitarianism, which is not a good thing for human rights. And actually to flip this, sorry, we're like losing the power almost. There's a storm outside, but to flip this issue on its head, something Liam has brought up that if we adopt their same idea of, hey, like ends justify the means, you can't critique our methods, that actually does ironically excuse police brutality. Right, if we, if we approach things from the perspective of, hey, let's stamp out crime, we need all crime gone, then harsh police tactics like we saw with George Floyd all of a sudden become excusable. So it's like you're, you're adopting this extremely dangerous ideology, which is, I mean, kind of also the ideology you're protest, protesting against, the idea that it's okay if people get hurt as long as our goals are achieved. Either people's lives matter or they don't, you can't have it both ways. And I think it's pretty clear based on what these people keep preaching that no, lives don't matter to them unless they can capitalize off of it. This fails to recognize that so-called violent actions are really the first choice. They're the result of being unheard for too long. They're dangerous. They are illegal and can provoke more than arrests, though nonviolent protests can do the same. The state will crack down swiftly with their own retributive violence and the state has a larger arsenal. This type of action carries grave consequences and is not even taken lightly. It is a sign that the situation has grown desperate. This is again, something we hear from the left all the time that these people don't want to be out protesting and looting Nike stores. It's just that they, the system has failed them. There is no means other than this for them to be heard and affect change. That is bull crap. It's not like the United States, even places like Baltimore and Chicago, as terrible as they are, are third world dictatorships, right? I mean, voting is always an option. You can't, you do have the ability to hold your elected officials accountable, but these people choose not to. I mean, the, the thing is, you need to understand it's a lot easier, a lot quicker, a lot more satisfying to go out and throw some bricks rather than actually sit down, study the issues, read up on who you're supposed to vote for, uh, what elections you can keep an eye out for, what people's different platforms are, right? It's easier to be a thug than it is to be an activist. These people are choosing the former. I just do not accept the idea that violent rioting is the only way to affect change in the United States in 2020. It is simply not true. You're just lazy. You just want free shoes. You just want free TVs. Don't try to pass off your criminal behavior as some sort of moral political activism. Trying to distinguish between violent and nonviolent protests is not about the legitimacy of the action, but rather it's a way of diverting attention from the reason for the protest. 
Images of protesters burning police cars or breaking windows play on the fears of lawlessness that have been central to U.S. politics since the uprisings of the 1960s helped give rise to so-called law and order or tough on crime politicians who parlayed white fear of black violence into their own political power. I don't even really know what to say to this segment. I mean, showing footage of lawlessness helps stoke fears of lawlessness. Like, yes. Of course, of course, people are going to be afraid of your movement when they see that you're doing all of this terrible stuff. That's not right wing fear mongering. That's just actively letting people know how terrible you all are. If you don't want your bad behavior exploited by the opposition, don't engage in said bad behavior. It's pretty simple. Like, it, it's not hard. But this is the type of rhetoric that is just it's becoming so common and honestly it's kind of good i think for people like trump because all you have to do is paint yourself as not a lunatic and you're going to be more palatable to the average everyday voter right the average person doesn't want roving gangs um just smashing windows setting cars on fire and that type of thing that's not good for society most people thankfully at this point still recognize it but the far left continues to be just totally divorced from reality we see even in chaz the or chop now i guess the so-called communist utopia crime is kind of being a problem there. It was the same thing in the Occupy Wall Street protests. Rapes have apparently, and sexual assaults as well, been an issue. As someone has died there, there's been shootings. And this is a little bit of a funnier thing, but it's it's not as serious. We have in uh, on Reddit, there was an issue where someone in the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone actually had, I think, their laptop stolen and they posted about it on the forum. And this is what one of their leftist comrades had to say in response to that. You don't exactly know what happened to your belongings, only that they vanished. So to say it is theft is not entirely fair. It could be that a disadvantaged resident was in greater need of the items than you. And that's what we are about as a community. I know it is hard to hear this, but treat it as an unplanned donation. Again, these people, this is what happens when you don't have an objective morality, when everything is relative to you, then the severity of crime becomes relative, right? I mean, yeah, these people are burning things down and murdering people, but they're fighting for a greater cause, so we should excuse it. Yeah, your laptop was stolen, but maybe it was taken by someone who had some greater financial need than you, so really it's okay. And even just recently, we saw footage of a white man being beaten by a black man in an apartment store. And it was alleged that he had called uh, the, the white man had called the black man the N-word. Apparently, that wasn't true. But even when that was going around, I saw so many people saying, well, if he did call him the n-word then it's totally justified or even if he didn't how would you feel if you know your ancestors were oppressed and things like that it's just all about justifying and excusing violence which is is not a winning strategy i mean i don't know what else to say to that it's like how do you debunk a people who are trying to excuse assault and theft and literal murder it's really really hard to do but we have more of that al jazeera video looting and property destruction or what gets deemed violent protests sends a different kind of message if democracy only functions by the consent of the governed we can think of these militant actions as the withdrawal of consent they let the government know that a portion of its citizens no longer believe in the legitimacy of its power, and they are willing to fight to wrest that power from their grasp. 
these people claim to love things like democracy, yet they have no problem staging violent movements and protests against democratically elected officials. I'm not excusing how poorly run Minneapolis seems to be, but guess what? Those idiots, you've voted them in. You can't like have zero interest in politics or voting and then get really upset about how crappy your city is because there are idiots in charge and then feel like the best thing or only thing for you to do is is riot. Like this is a child's understanding of how politics work and just, Imagine if I, as a right-winger, said this. I I mean, I would be flogged, I would be shunned, I would never have another platform again. I say stuff like, hey, let's treat everyone equally, and I get called a racist Nazi. This person is actually condoning and promoting violence in politics, I would say, terrorism, for lack of a better word, and they're still on YouTube. No one is out calling Al Jazeera plus violent extremists, even though that seems to be exactly what they are. This double standard, I mean, it's getting more and more obvious by the day, and I just hope people remember stuff like this when it comes to election day. You don't have to like Donald Trump, but understand that the left, the Democrats, these are the people who are gaining more and more power in that party. These are the people that Democrats are increasingly pandering to. You don't have to like all of Trump's tweets. You don't have to appreciate him calling people horse face or whatever. But no, like it essentially is a choice right now between law and order or violence in the streets. I mean, pick, do you, do you want to be living in Chaz slash Chop or an actual society with a police force that has consequences for violence and protections for its citizens. The choice is yours. I hope you all make it wisely. That's pretty much all I have to say for now, though. And as always, I would love to know what you all think. Why is it that this stuff from Al Jazeera Plus is allowed on YouTube? By the way, this was on YouTube while people like Gavin McInnes are being kicked off. It's just, am I crazy? Or does that seem kind of unfair? Let me know. But that's it for now. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you next time.